Hello there, welcome to Let's Talk Tottenham. Again, something very different today, very excited about this. Another book has been written, this time about again, uh, about one of Tottenham's greatest ever players, arguably their greatest ever player, Dave Mackay. I'm joined by Mike Donovan, who wrote the book. How are you doing, Mike? And thanks so much for coming on. That's my pleasure. Excellent. And uh, for anyone who doesn't know what the book looks like, uh, here is a picture of the front cover. Dave Mackay, Football's Braveheart. And the authorised biography uh, that Mike wrote. And if anyone's interested in buying it, I'll put this on uh, a few times. You can buy it at pitch, www.pitchpublishing.co.uk slash shop slash football's braveheart. Uh, so I highly encourage you to go out and buy that. And we're basically talking here with Mike today all about the book, all about his Dave Mackay stories and a bit about the uh, Tottenham of today. And... <laughs> how we'd kill for someone of Dave Mackay's calibre, I'm sure. So uh, first off, Mike, uh, what inspired you to write the book? Uh, I know, speaking to you, that uh, you think he's uh, our greatest ever player. So was that the inspiration for it, or was there something else that uh, made you decide to well, write it? Well, there was one. that was one reason. I mean, he, he was the best player Spurs have ever had. As uh, I think you know, Jimmy Greaves was always my favourite player because he was a... Uh, striker and scored all the goals and got the glory but uh overall dave mckay had it all you know and uh, he, and it was kind of the best the best player they ever had and also i don't think it was fully recognized you know i wanted to kind mm -hmm. of uh, i think a lot of people neglect history um you know people of today football supporters today uh, unaware of, often of, 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 of what has made Spurs who they are today, you know, and it's largely because of of uh, the team that Dave Mackay was a star of uh, mm. and that won the double. Um, that, so there, you know, and I felt, you know, that deserved to be recognised. I mean, it, um, uh, you know, you know, if you, you, you've got to have a, an authorised biography on, on, on the greatest player ever to put on a, a, a lily white shirt, you know. Yeah, I mean, there's a bit in the book as well with uh, Harry Redknapp where uh, he's uh, almost flabbergasted that Dave Mackay's got an invite to go to one of uh, the games that Redknapp was um, managing. Managing, uh, he's like, he doesn't need an invite. He's Dave Mackay, so I guess that that links into your he's uh, underrated, not maybe not underrated, but not recognised as one of the greatest of all time. No, absolutely. I mean, I mean, it's easy, isn't it? You know, players drift from club to club and they drift into the past and people just forget about them. And uh, mm. it's, it's just not fair, really. I mean, some, you know, that, that team, you know, I know it's probably an unfair uh, on a lot of teams that followed it, but there were always all, all the subsequent teams, Spurs have been compared to that, to that double team. Mm. And that, and when you think that that was an probably, you know, arguably the best, club team ever uh, in my opinion but uh, for what it's worth uh, <laughs> the star of that team and and, and now spurs have, have lived off of that team for for 60 years you know and uh, and they they've they've yet to win the league since since his team won it yeah very similar kind of uh, to england and 66 and every team world cup team euros team is is compared to 66 team um but yeah for anyone who's watching please hit like please hit subscribe they all help and please send your comments and questions in for mike uh, about anything dave mckay related i'm sure he'd be happy to answer and a lot of people i'm sure are going to be like me a little bit too young 
uh, to know too much about Dave Mackay's uh, footballing story, uh, know of the name. Uh, but yeah, any questions, any stories you, 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 you've heard and want clarifying, uh, please hit them up in the comments and I'll ask Mike uh, those. Uh, in terms of the research, is that from you You watched watched him uh, in the 60s, so you knew quite a bit about it. I know there's uh, uh, his brother uh, and Dennis Law do the, is it the four words? I think that's the, the, the definition. Um, so was it a lot asking the family, friends and his, or, or, as well as um, your recollections of him playing? Uh, what what yeah. went into the research for the book? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I kind of, you know, I saw Dave Mackay from 61 onwards uh, play for Spurs. Uh, so I knew knew the player live standing on these East Stand terraces, you know, in front of the shelf. So I, I knew all about him as a player. Um, but uh, you can't, you know, you can't rely on just your memories. And, uh, yeah. and, and I felt that for a player of his stature, I, I wanted to do a full, the full Monty. You know, I wanted, I wanted to, to speak to, people that played with him, who knew him, were friends of his, but especially the family. I thought the family were absolutely fundamental to the story. Uh, and, uh, I mean, I was hoping that they would climb on board, uh, and um, and they and they did wholeheartedly, and a wonderful, wonderful family. Um, you know, it's, uh, so, yeah, that, that was, it, it was, it was a pleasure, really, you know, a labour of love. Uh, to do it, but a lot of a lot of hard work, you know. As somebody once said, it's ten percent inspiration, ninety percent perspiration. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's no shortcuts, you know. There's no shortcuts. You can't say, "Oh, I'll have a day off here," or it's kind of mm. it's, it's you, you and you've got to love the subject. I think to write yeah. about it. I mean, I could get a commission for to write a book on somebody that that wouldn't float my boat, um, but. I think really to write a, a book from the heart uh, is 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 the way to go because you can't you you know if you haven't got your heart in the book, you know you're wasting your time really. Yeah, absolutely. How, how long did it take from? Uh, oh, I'm going to write a Dave Mackay book to finishing the book. I, I'm assuming a couple of years, maybe. Oh, no, it took it took about a year in total. I mean, it's kind of. Uh, I mean, it was all through the pandemic. Well, it was still ongoing, isn't it? But it, yeah. it was through the pandemic, so uh, I had to do everything uh, remotely. Um, mm. And uh, <clears throat> but it, it, and if and of course the the hardest part about it was the transcribing. Really, the interviews were fantastic because everybody mm. loved Dave Mackay. I mean, I don't think. It, you know, it's one of these things with biographies, you know, um, it depends on where you're coming from. But some biographies are kind of like kiss and tell type biographies who just want to dish the dirt and that kind of thing. I mean, I was dreading yeah. finding skeletons uh, in this guy's cupboard. Mm. And I didn't, you know, I mean, I spoke mm. to everybody you can imagine. As I said, you know, people who played with him, played against him, who knew him I mean, in the game, you know, uh, and his family and friends. I mean, the, you know... I, I tried to not leave any stone unturned. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, it's, you could say, you know, it, it's kind of, it's non-critical, but, it, you know, why why write a book? Why go out to, to write a book that's critical? I mean, you just write what you find. And, 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 and with Dave Mackay, everything was, you know, everybody 
had nothing but admiration for the guy. So, mm. you know, uh, which is a relief to me in, in many ways, because, I mean, you know, you don't want your heroes to have any, let say, as I said, any no. skeleton, <laughs> but, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like, like you say, everyone uh, you speak to speaks so highly of him. Uh, so it makes sense that <laughs> there's no skeletons, but I, I guess uh, it's always a, a worry with one of your heroes. Uh, I've got a message from Ian. How you doing, Ian? Uh, thanks for watching. Any questions anyone has, uh, ping them over in the comments and we'll ask Mike those. Uh, obviously, there, there's going to be a lot of stories of Dave Mackay. Uh, what was your favourite Dave Mackay story? Your favourite one that you read or the favourite one that you wrote or, or your favourite part of the book uh, or the favourite chapter or part of his uh, footballing career that you wrote? What was your favourite? Well, favourite story, crikey. Um, I know that's a bit of a tough question because there's hundreds of them I'm narrowing it down. You've got to pick one. You've got to pick one. You've got to pick one. Oh, right. Um, well, I mean, there's, I don't know. Well, there's one one quick one that I can think of. I'm not sure necessarily the best story or my favourite story, but it's mm. one I just thought of. Um, it's that infamous picture of um, the incident with Billy Bremner um, that... Yeah. Uh, when he when Dave Mackay come back from after breaking his leg twice, and then I, and I was at the game actually, it, it happened right in front of me. Uh, and uh, Billy Bremner um, d deliberately kicked him on his left leg, the, the leg that had been broken mm. twice. And uh, and as, as that picture from Monte Fresco depicts, he, he sort of <laughs> he kind of uh, <laughs> he wasn't too pleased. I mean, he's, uh, yeah. Isabel, um, Isabel, Dave's widow, said, I thought he was going to boot Brenner out, out of the stand. Out of the ground. <laughs> it was like, he yeah. was kind of, it was, you know, such, a, you know, everybody went crazy, you know, because, uh, I mean, Jimmy Greaves had apparently had, um, uh, had said that, uh, that Brenner had gone over the top on him earlier in the game. And, mm. then, uh, to, and then to do it to Dave Mackay, uh, it was just unbelievable. So you thought, well, that picture depicts how angry he was, but apparently um, after the game, uh, him and Billy went out for a drink and uh, had a chat. <laughs> and they got really yeah. So, you know, you, you think, you know, I suppose it's kind of like the red mist descended for a few seconds, you know. I mean, even if your best mate, even if it's your best mate who you, you kicked you, you know, you would lose it for a bit. And uh, that's oh, what yeah. happened. And, uh, well, that, that's all the fact he was a leader and a winner, doesn't it? it you know, it's, it's, it doesn't matter who your friends are. When you're on the football pitch, I'm there to win. It doesn't matter who's there. I'm there to win, come what may. And, and yeah. yeah, I think all friendships go out the window. Yeah, sorry. I think that that was his biggest quality, actually. I mean, you can talk about his hardness and, and how tough he was in the tackle. You can talk about his ball skills and how he used to juggle the ball when they came, came on the field to intimidate the well, apparently to intimidate the opposition to show how good he was. Uh, yeah. And uh, but the overall thing was, you know, and Cliff Jones said this in the book, his teammate and a lot of people, that he was a winner. You know, it was kind of not a win at all costs. You know, it was a hard but fair attitude. You know, he kind of, and, and, and what he did was, he inspired that team. I mean, it kind of Bill Nicholson, uh, when he took over, had a reasonable team. Um, but then when he bought Mackay, 
that turned a reasonable team into a great team mm. just by his mere presence because he had this yeah. charisma. He earmarked he, he uh, Dave Mackay pretty early on, didn't he? As, uh, he went for him twice, didn't he? At Hearts, got told no the first time and then I guess got that's lucky right. the second time that Hearts let him go. Well, that's right. He'd never even thought of any, you know, Hearts was his hometown team and the team he grew up with supporting and he never had any, any intention of moving ever. Uh, and then, um, and then they say Bill Nicholson approached uh, Tommy Walker at Hearts, the Hearts manager. Uh, and uh, as I said, as you said, was rebuffed. Um, and then, um, so then Bill went for uh, Mel Charles, who was the brother of John Charles, who was a famous Welsh legend, um, or is a famous Welsh legend. And uh, uh, and then in the meantime. And then, then Mel turned him down, and um, Bill was absolutely delighted because then he could go for the uh, go back mm. for for Dave Mackay, and uh, and and, uh, and and that's what happened. And he kind of uh, he was surprised. He was absolutely stunned um, that the Hearts wanted to sell him. I mean, he just mm. he was just Hearts through and through, Dave, and he never even thought about it. And uh, uh, and then he said, "Well, you know." If they're talk if they're talking to Spurs and invite Billy Nicholson up, you know, it's clear they want to sell me, you know, and um, so he said, you know, so he thought, well, okay, you know, uh, I'll go, um, but he didn't want to go, you know, it, it wasn't kind of uh, it wasn't something he'd even thought about. I mean, it was all happened in a blur over a couple of days. It was kind of uh, he didn't know he had a decision to make until he had to make it. Yeah, <laughs> and it. And it was kind of rushed through because it was a transfer deadline, and uh, Bill was keen to to help mm. save Spurs from relegation. Would you believe? I mean, and that, that was <laughs> yeah, three years later, win win the double is quite a turnaround. That yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we've got a question from Ian. I know the answer to this question, but I'll let you answer it. Uh, cheers, Ian. Uh, did you speak to Dave? He said, I believe he hated the pick as it made him look like a thug. We talk about the Billy Bremner pick. Billy looked shit scared. Um, about Dave, absolutely agreed, taken way too early. But uh, did you speak to Dave? I know you met him at uh, Jimmy Greaves' 70th uh, birthday. And, and I mean, you must have spoken to so many uh, people that are now historical legends at Tottenham. But uh, yeah, how, how was Dave when you spoke to him there? Well, Dave Dave was about as, rem as far from being a thug as you could imagine um, <laughs> when I met him. Uh, I mean, he, he was kind of a humble nice bloke you know a nice calm calm guy i mean in, in fact when i kept, when i went went into this was uh jimmy greaves's 70th birthday celebration at the o2 uh and uh there was actually a q and a i mean having getting jimmy to work on his birthday i thought was a bit harsh but he had to do <laughs> end up routine and uh and uh, and he had all his, his his teammates there lined up to talk to but yeah i mean i i, I went in and there was like Jeff Hurst and Martin Peters was there, George Cohen from the, all the World Cup and all his, oh well, and I was sort of like, you know, my jaw was dropping, you know, I mean, I can, I can talk to like modern day players and it wouldn't mean anything. And and yet I walked into that room and, I, you know, I was sort of like a gibbering wreck, you know, and then I, <laughs> and at first, I didn't actually see Dave Mackay. I didn't see him. Uh, and then uh, he was like, and he was sort of sitting quietly, you know, in the corner, you know, and kind of, and I was kind of trying to kind of 
I thought, well, let's say something. You know, when you meet heroes, you think, oh, goodness, I mean, don't make an idiot of yourself. And you always usually <laughs> end up saying something silly. And he was just <laughs> so polite. I mean, I can't remember what I said to him. It's probably a load of rubbish. But um, <laughs> he was so nice, lovely, you know. But as I say, it was that kind of, he had this image on the field where he was this kind of big, tough guy, um, you know, no-nonsense character. Um, and and he couldn't be further away from being a thug, you know. And as I said, you know, he it was just that, that I mean, like anybody would react if somebody kicked them in the shin after mm. they broke their leg twice, you know, what would you do? You know, <laughs> you wouldn't say, oh, thanks very much, would you? <laughs> you, <know>? yeah. <laughs> you you were saying backstage as well he never ever got sent off he got sent off once but it got rescinded uh, so what what's the story behind that oh yeah well that was interesting yeah i mean um he uh it was against uh nottingham forest no sorry bristol city sorry it was a against an ex for it was a guy called johnny quigley who used to play for forest uh and um Basically, uh, he was it was a throw in for Spurs, and um, and then Johnny Quigley basically threw the ball in uh, Dave Mackay's face, um, and, and Dave wasn't best pleased about it. And um, I'm not quite sure what area of, of Johnny Quigley's body he connected with, but he connected with it uh, as, as far as I'm <laughs> Um, a I mean, kick or a punch or, or something. I was at the game actually, but um, I didn't actually see the full details. But uh, and uh, and so, like the referee was going to send Mackay off because he he'd only seen um, what Mackay had done, and then uh, Mackay persuaded in in quotes uh, quickly to come over and explain what had happened to the referee, and, um, <laughs> and he said, you know, basically come. Let's be honest about this, and uh, so and it all kind of it all sort of died away, and it, and he wasn't sent off. He actually had been sent off initially, but then the, the, obviously the referee had forgotten he'd done it, and uh, and I was quick. Yeah, that was that was the year that Spurs won the cup actually in nineteen sixty seven. That was um that was mm. the that was on the run the run to to that to that um to that final victory. Yeah, yeah, amazing. I mean, you'd never ever say that with a player like that these days to be sent off <laughs> every two games. Uh, but we talk about the comparisons to uh, 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 Mackay and, and today's uh, players in a bit. But in terms of the 70th birthday, did you, did you get to speak to Greaves, Bill Nicholson, a few others? Yeah, I got. Yeah, I mean, Bill, Bill wasn't there as far as I remember. It was just the players. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of. Pat Jennings was there. I had a chat with him. I can't remember specifically what what was said, but I mean, I was I was working for Backpass magazine, which is like a retro football magazine, and I was sort of gathering some quotes um, on Jimmy, you know. And uh, Terry Dyson was there. Bobby Bobby Smith was still alive then. He was a centre forward in the Spurs double team, um, and he was there on on crutches actually. I mean, uh, I mean that was quite quite poignant really because. In those days, kind of, you know, science and hadn't, hadn't sort of developed sufficiently to protect a lot of these players. I mean, he he survived on a lot of painkillers, uh, Bobby Smith, and uh, and that came and that sort of uh, in later life, obviously, that kind of showed. Um, and the, yeah, but he 
I'm trying to think now what was you know, Martin Chivers was there. I mean, it's, I mean, Steve Perryman. I mean, it was just like a who's who of Spurs yeah. legend, really. Yeah. I mean, it was, as I said to you earlier, it's hard for me to think what I said to them because it was probably, I was just keeping <laughs> around. Yeah. I wasn't <laughs> the self there, you know. I was, try, I was trying to be, but. Um, you know, I, I think any, anyone would uh, be the same when they mean people of that standing and that legendary status. Yeah, I'd yeah, be a Jubilee yeah. wreck, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Well, it's, it's sort of hard. It's sort of kind of, it, it, you know, you, you should be able to kind of screen, you know, put a mask on and stuff in situations like that. But hmm. as I said to you earlier, it's kind of, I can do that every week you know when i cover football matches i can cover do that and it's you know i don't think twice about it really um it's just a job um but when you kind of like people of your era that mean something to you i mean these guys there's three three people have won world cup for england and and they they've, that's the only time they've ever done it and then there they are you know and and i know they're only flesh and blood like all of us and they're you know but uh it's it's kind of you know, it was just it's just an honest reaction, really. You know, I can say I can sit here and say, oh, um, I should be more professional and this kind of thing. Mm. And but you know, basically, I'm a fan and, and passionate about the game and, and love the game. And uh, and there are these people doing doing wonders for the game and, and for, for for our country. So you know, <laughs> uh, it, it was an you know that, that that's that's the way it was, and to say Jim and then Jimmy, I thought Jimmy was a bit. I thought he was kind of obviously a bit preoccupied having to work on his birthday. I mean, <laughs> he, was, he was he was lovely as well. I mean, I mean Jimmy Grease, you know, he was a he was as well as being you know he he was my main football hero, but he he was charming. I mean, I got to I got to interview him once, you know, and he's charm personified. You know, with it's this easy. Easy going, like language, sense of humor, and and kind of honesty, you know, straight, straight talking. Mm. But in a he, like he did on, on TV, he kind of he, with Saint and Greasy, you know, he come across as a bit of a national treasure, you know, because of the mm. way he was. Uh, and uh, but he was he was a bit tense that night, I think, just because well, you know, he had to go out and perform <laughs> in front of uh, a big crowd, so um. <laughs> But yeah. it, was, it was a lovely evening, I've got to say. I mean, it's but it was all these. It was like the green room or whatever, or the the side room to the stage, and it was absolutely jam packed. It wasn't that big, so it was like, you know, you could hardly move for for like you know legends, you know. Um, <laughs> quite, yeah, quite Jimmy a night. My dad's hero. I know that. Oh, he was amazing. I mean, he's like he electrified White Hart Lane. Really, mm. the way he kind of. As soon as he got the ball, the whole crap, whole whole place just lit up, you know, and uh, and he was just a complete natural, you know, as well as a poach, he could go, go score goals after beating about five or six players. I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, you just, I don't think anybody can touch him really. You can look at all the stats, you know. I mean, there, there's enough stats on Jimmy. Um, I mean, he's 357 goals, you know. I mean, it, I mean, nobody will ever. Beat score more more goals in the Premier League, you know. Even Shearer didn't get anywhere near his total, you know. No. It's, it's kind of, 
it's, it's off the charts, you know. It's after it's kind of, it's, you know, his it's record for England, you know, 44 goals in 57 games. I mean, <laughs> kind of game. I mean, it's just unbelievable, you know, unbelievable. But anyway, mm. that's uh, that, <laughs> you get me on to Jimmy Greaves now, <laughs> yeah. Well, well, yeah, for anyone tuning in, we're, we're, we're talking about Dave Mackay, uh, Mike Donovan's new book, Football's Braveheart, Dave Mackay. Uh, we're talking about uh. The book and all about Dave Mackay as well. Uh, if you want to buy the book and haven't already, you can get that at www.pitchpublishing.co.uk slash shop slash football's braveheart. Uh, now, this question, uh, you've already answered this, uh, but I do have a separate question for it. Uh, but yeah, uh, before we get there, uh, Truth82, thanks for uh, uh, watching. Uh, hello, Chris Mike. Dave Mackay was before my time, sadly. Uh, you're with me there, Truth82. But I heard all the stories from those who saw him. He was a beast, but a clever one, too. I mean, would you agree with that? Uh, he was a beast, but a clever beast? I don't know. I don't know. Well, beast. Yeah, I know. What I think he means beast that. as in a, 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 a complimentary term, as in a warrior and just. Not yeah, to be yeah, trifled yeah, with, yeah, yeah. rather than yeah, an I animal. Suppose, I suppose. I mean, it's it, yeah. I guess. I guess you could. You could say that. I mean, it's just that, as I said, this this like this aura. I know it's a it's a rubbish word, really. But yeah, he had this <laughs> kind of or you know, he had this presence, and and everybody. I mean, everybody in the team. You know, you're talking about superstars in their own right. Were kind of inspired because. They didn't want to let Dave Mackay down, you know. They knew if they let let Dave Mackay down, you know that 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 was unacceptable. And uh, mm. and uh, he kind of this is what I said to you earlier about Bill Nicholson said, you know, like you know, and Cliff Jones is yeah. He kind of transformed that team. I mean, it was mm. like if there's one individual uh, who transformed Spurs' greatest ever team and perhaps unarguably. The greatest club team, it was Dave Mackay, you know, and 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 it's and, it, and it's more, it's it's, it's it, you can say he's a beast, you can say he's a skilled player, and he was both of those things. But he was also, he had this kind of mentality, you know, this refusal to accept defeat, you know. I mean, he, mm. he, even in five-a-side training games, you know, or playing snooker or or playing golf. I mean, there was a story Jimmy Robertson told me about. Um, it was they were playing golf in the pouring rain, and uh, it, the ball. You know, Jimmy said, "Oh, can I move the ball? It's stuck in the puddle." He's going, "No, it. What you you play? Any little game, you know?" And he, he just refused to let him move his ball because it was it was stuck in a puddle, you know. I um, mean, he, he snapped, and Terry Dyson told me a story where they were playing snooker, and um, he sort of snapped his snooker cue in half because he was so angry that he got he got beaten or something, you know, he, or he missed a shot or something. And it kind of um, even his um, there's a friend of his called Ninian Cassidy who was one of his mm. best friends, um, and that was a, that was a touching thing in in the book. I felt you know his his recollections of Dave, and he, he, he even he kind of. Found, you know, if you're play, I think it was, I think it was another snooker game actually, and saying that you know, and he, you know, and if he beat him, like you know, you sort of steer clear of him for for a few minutes, and then he can't, you know, and then he would calm down. Was, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you think that art of uh, refusing to accept defeat has kind of been lost 
in the game. You, you've obviously had some. You, you mentioned in the book that uh, leaders in the Premier League, uh, uh, your, your Vieiras, your Gerrard, your Terry's, are uh, keen. Uh, I mean, Keane, for me, was the best Premier League captain that there's ever been. Uh, but that they are, like you say in the book, very few and far between these days, whereas I get the feeling in Mackay's era they were uh, a bit more common. But do, And then Dave Mackay was obviously the top of those charts. But do, do you think that kind of leadership mentality that I am refusing to lose has kind of been lost on the game now? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you know, you can't say any player goes out there to lose. You know, no. but it's a question of a mentality and strength of mind. And uh, it's kind of, yeah, Roy Keane had that without doubt, without that will to win uh, mm. and, you know, refusal to accept defeat. I mean, he, he had that quality. I don't think he was, wasn't was in the same league as Dave McCarthy's a player, in my opinion. Mm. Um, but But in terms of you know, his, his will to win. I mean, it, it couldn't be faulted, really. But it, it is, um, yes, it has been lost. And I mean, obviously, because the laws have been changing and the referee approach of referees to matches, as a you know, players uh, like Dave Mackay probably wouldn't survive very long. In, you, know, <laughs> you know, it's kind of this. You know, I mean, we've we've all seen that 1970 FA Cup replay between Leeds and Chelsea, um, which um, uh, I think it was David Ellery was the referee. And um, I mean, uh, some of the tackles should have provoked GBH charges, you know. But that's how it was, you know. I mean, there's a, there's a great shot, uh, another game of uh, George Best going through on goal against Chelsea and then Chopper Harris living up to his nickname kind of slid right across and uh, took him out or tried to take him out rather but then then Best somehow kept his balance and scored uh, and yeah. it was just it was a different kind of era where there, there, there was you know the physicality I mean it's been talked about today you know the lack of physicality and uh, the lack of kind of honesty sometimes with players you know particularly in the in diving or simulation or whatever you want to call it. Um, I mean, it's, it's sort of embarrassing and pathetic, particularly when you've got about a thousand cameras honed in. <laughs> on you. I mean, you can quite clearly see when you've actually dived and, and uh, mm. trying to con people, you know, I mean, that, that wasn't in, in Mackay's makeup or players no. like him. I mean, it was, it was an honesty and a kind of, you know, I'm not trying to rose, I'm not trying to paint it rose. I mean, you know, nobody's perfect, and nobody kind of is without blame and anything. But, but really, today they 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 just it's going to sound like a me being from the past. <laughs> but these players, they they got they got technical skills. Yeah, they're fantastic. You know, the the, the technical skills are, uh, are superior these days. You know, and, uh, and there's a lot of influence from from the continent i guess in that and, and that's fantastic but uh what you're what you're gaining in that you're losing in in this kind of the physical side of it you know where mm. you can't make a tackle i mean i was a very yeah. way below average defender and, I, and and all i could do was make sliding tackles and if i did that today i'd be sent off every every, every match you know uh, yeah. It's a kind of it's a different era, you know. The rules have changed. VAR, you know, it's 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 kind of you know that 
um, ridiculous VAR decisions like Harry Kane's goal getting disallowed at Southampton. Uh, yeah. You know, that's another thing. That's another issue. <laughs> we, we can get onto that maybe a bit later, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Truth82 has put another yeah. comment in. Uh, years ago, worked with a Scotsman who made the same comparison uh, between Dave Mackay and Voiking. Just from a leadership perspective, Mackay apparently a far better player, which is what you were saying there. But that, that, that kind of leads us on to this. Uh, you've already answered this, but uh, the best ever player for Spurs, in, in your opinion, is there anyone who's got close to that? Uh, obviously, a lot of people will say Jimmy Greaves because of his numbers. And a lot of players, I would have thought, from that 60-61 team, just because of what they were able to accomplish. But in terms of a player, has anyone been close? I know in the book you mentioned uh, George... No, I, I'm not sure if you mentioned in the book, I saw it on Wikipedia, that George Best said that he was the best player he ever played against. So that, that drew comparisons to me that Thierry Henry, who widely regarded as the best Premier League player ever, said Ledley King was the best player he ever played against. But... Um, Best player for Spurs, but has anyone for you got close to Dave Mackay in that respect? Well, you're talking away from the double team. I mean, because you can kind of, uh, mm. you can people, people like Danny Blanchflower, John White, uh, Cliff Jones in, in that category. Um, and then obviously Jimmy Greaves. Um, um, uh, I mean, there's been sort of people that have, I don't know, Glenn Hoddle, you know, Glenn, you can't deny Glenn Hoddle was kind of like a special, special player and, uh, you know, wonderful touch and vision and everything else. Um, and when you consider how tall he was, he didn't, he didn't look your archetypal midfielder, did he? And uh, mm. he was kind of amazing. Uh, so he, he was pretty good. <laughs> I mean, Ozzy Ardiles was, was a, a lovely player. I mean, he kind of glided glided along the ground and and yeah graham roberts although he didn't have the skill uh he, he certainly had had that kind of winning mentality you know that i guess you know in terms of that i think he's the nearest player i can think of to Mackay um in the spurs shirt i mean he, the way he kind of you know this this clenched fist you know come on let's let's do it for the, for the team and you know i mean alan mullery was another one um who again people used to you know, he, he had a very slow start, in, according to some Spurs fans at Spurs. I mean, I, I, I didn't agree with them, um, but but he won them over, and he he was a he was a force, you know, an underrated force. I think he was a kind of a top top player. And uh, Pat, Pat Jennings, I know, is a goalkeeper, um, but you know, to my mind, he's the best goalkeeper. I've, in the world that I've ever seen anyway. I mean, I know I'm sort of speaking from a biased point of view, being a Spurs fan, but I think that everybody would agree that the big, probably the biggest mistake <coughs> Spurs ever had was uh, letting Pat Jennings go when he was about 31, 32 to, to Arsenal. Uh, and then he had about six or seven years there. And he was, I mean, it, he was just an in, incredible goalkeeper. And they don't really... You know, when, when people talk about great players, they don't often include goalkeepers. You know, it's kind of yeah, it's all yeah. the, the midfielders or the or the strikers that get tons of goals. Well, Ferguson once it. said, didn't he, a, a top, top, top goalkeeper wins you, I don't know, 12 points a season or something like that. So if you want to be title contenders, goal, yeah. top goalkeeper is crucial. Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, look at Schmeichel the other day. I mean, he, <laughs> against, you know, he, against Liverpool, you know, I mean... 
talk about winning you uh, three points, you know, I mean, it's, 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 it's yeah, you're right. Absolutely right. And in terms of today's Spurs team, obviously the, the will to win and the, the refusal to lose from David Carr, we've possibly got a manager that shares that and is on par with that. But in terms of the players, do you see any players that have that kind of mentality or, or they have a little bit of the mentality, but nowhere near what, what Dave had? Yeah, I mean, it's really unfair, you know. I mean, comparisons are unfair, aren't they? But, you know, just because it's a different era and everything else. But, but, but to be fair, it gives me a question to ask, though, so I'll continue no, to no, ask. No, no, I'm not looking at it at all. <laughs> um, no, um, well, I mean, the nearest player in terms of kind of like will to win and the current team is Pierre-Emil Holberg, you know. I mean, he's got that kind of, that grit you know, and that kind of determination, refusal to, to lose. And, and he gets upset when his teammates... I mean, the trouble is a lot of um, a, lot, a, lot, a lot of the Spurs team, high, again, to go back to this technical thing, are highly technical players, you know, re superb, you know, pace, you know, um, more and Bergwin and, you know, the pacey players and, and Son is phenomenal, um, you know, phenomenal all-round player. I mean, probably the best signing Spurs have made in the last 10, 20 years, you know. Um, and then, of course, there's Harry Kane, who is, you know, I mean, he's, you know, what can you say about Harry Kane that hasn't been said? I mean, he kind of, you know, he, he gets knocked all the time. You know, he has slow starts mm. to the season and everybody thinks he's finished. And, and then he ends up topping the charts in assists and goals. So, you know... Uh, it's, I mean, he's a fantastic player, um, uh, Harry Kane. I mean, yeah. you know, quality, quality, right the way through. Uh, and uh, probably the one I, you know, as a as a face, <laughs> as a as a long term kind of supporter, he's I guess he's the player I most identify with him. Maybe because he he's chasing Jimmy Greaves' record. I don't mm. know, uh, but he. And the way he conducts himself, you know, um, I know he got in a bit of trouble against Liverpool, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we'll gloss over that one. But he, he is, yeah. he is, to my mind, uh, him and him and Son, I guess, are my favourites at the moment. But the, yeah. as far as kind of that will to win, kind of, you know, that mentality. I mean, Holberg's got that, I think. Um, yeah. But the others are truth. Eighty two is a. Uh... Said, I want to believe that Skip will become a leader in this current team. It's far too early to say, but I think he's got all the hallmarks. So when you get someone like Jose Mourinho saying he's a future uh, Spurs captain, that would suggest that he's seen some leadership qualities there. But again, he's very, very young, and <laughs> it's his first season in the Premier League. Don't forget as well. He obviously had that really good stint at Norwich last year. But yeah. I quite like Dyer's mentality. Unfortunately, the, the quality that he has and the mistakes he has, although Conte has said he could become world-class, but I like his attitude. I think he's a, a, a I want to win. I'm not settling for anything else. Um, and a, a comment from Ian as well here, if you could shed light on this, if this was the case. Mullery was Big Dave's replacement. I think he said that the fans didn't like him at first for that reason. Um is that the case? Obviously, it's it's huge shoes to fill. <laughs> you, you, you've got a guy there, Dave Mackay, who's come in and the, the, the greatest manager in our history has said he changed things instantly. And then you've got someone replacing him after he's won everything he won. So is it true that the fans didn't like him for that reason? And was he able to turn them around? 
Well, well, number one, he, he wasn't a replacement for Dave Mackay. He was, he was a replacement for Danny Blanchflower. Because um, <clears throat> wow. Dave Mackay was with Spurs until 1968. Um, and, and Mullery joined in 64. And Blanchflower retired in 63, uh, 64. So um, it was mainly, it was because he replaced Blanchflower, who was an absolute class act, you know, and, and a very... He was like the manager on the field, the the, the player who would um, be brave enough to change tactics in the middle of a game, um, mm. and and rather than, than you know uh, rather than go with the game plan. Um, yeah. would, that's similar to Manchester United with Vooney and Skulls and stuff. Uh, Vooney said on a Sky Sports Retro or something, if uh, they got someone sent off Ferguson, allowed them to change the tactics during the game, and then if it didn't work, then Ferguson would step in. Um, but yeah, different. Even Ferguson, a different era. Just, I mean, I'm I'm too young for uh, Bill Nicholson and everything. But I, I, I'll go on record. I've been on record before and said Ferguson's the best manager I'll ever see in my lifetime by quite a distance. But um, yeah, sorry to cut you off. There. <laughs> That's all right. Well, I mean, it would go going on to Ferguson. I mean, uh, mm. I mean, him and Dave Mackay were great mates. Um, mm. and, uh, I mean, there was one story you mentioned. What story? There was a story that Ferguson told about, um, not to me, unfortunately. I couldn't get hold of him in the end. But uh, <laughs> it was, uh, it was um, uh, when I think Ferguson was a, was was playing for Queen's Park. Uh, this is in in Scotland, and uh, Dave Mackay was with Hearts, and it, it was on the he was on the comeback trail, uh, Dave from injury and playing in the reserves and um apparently and then i think ferguson was only like a i think he was just a teenager or something you know and he kind of uh and like and like dave mckay like hit him with a tackle like, like nearly sort of split him in half you know and he kind of and he got up he got up and uh, ferguson got up and was obviously his first you know his, you can imagine kind of you know <laughs> what the reaction might have been and then, then Dave McKay said, uh, <coughs> I can't remember the exact story now, but he, he, he kind of like, he, he sued the water. Dave McKay said something or something, you know, that, that kind of calmed him down before he did it. But he said, you know, he felt it was like almost an honour to be tackled by Dave McKay. <laughs> yeah. and, he, and then when he was a manager at uh, Old Trafford at Manchester United, um, he used to invite Dave and his family, Isabel and his son Derek and David, to... Um, to the to matches uh, and um, they used to keep in regular touch. I mean, because Mackay um, Ferguson always said of Mackay that if I had to pick a an all time Scotland team, mm. the, the first choice would be, be Dave Mackay. That was his that was his quote, and he he felt his world class. I mean, I had a chat with Craig Craig Brown, the uh, the old yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Scotland World Cup manager. Uh, who was really close pals with um with uh with Sir Alex Ferguson and uh during the pandemic uh, they were kind of like picking out uh, out their best ever world 11s and stuff and uh you know Ben McKay was very much in the mix for the pair of them and uh you know so you've got somebody like Sir Alex Ferguson who you've just described as the best ever manager and I, I wouldn't dispute that at all um and uh if he thinks of Dave Mackay that highly, you know, and I mean, and 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 I, I mean, I've always thought he's the best best player. But then, then I'm just a Spurs fan, 
um, uh, who happened to have the privilege of seeing him and writing a book mm. on him. So, yeah, you know, I mean, has, what hasn't he done in the in the game? You know, I mean, he, <laughs> he's, got, he's got he's got to be the best manager ever. Uh, and uh, mm. and if he thinks that way about Dave McKay, and he and he he actually was at, at the funeral. Actually, he was at Dave's funeral. Uh, he gave the eulogy there. Very moving mm. eulogy. You know, the guy, the guy, well, Dave McKay's got so much respect in the game, and uh, mm. it's nice. To, coming through yeah i mean you mentioned craig brown there the one of the stories i really liked in the uh, uh i'm all for uh kind of uh oh, i can't think of the word uh, uh oh you see what i mean when i tell the story i can't think of the word but uh when he went to watch him at hearts with his dad and uh the first thing Dave McKay did was run into the centre circle, chuck the ball in the air, back heel it in the opposition's goal. So the first thing the opposition goalkeeper had to do was pick the ball out of his net. So that's a kind of a, a, a mental thing, I guess, that uh, the first thing I've done in this is uh, pick the ball out of the net. And it's kind of a a kind of mental thing. And, and, and yeah, I, I, I love that story. I, I, <laughs> but, I mean, did he do that every game or... Well, he said he had a, a like a habit from what I was told of kind of like uh, I think I alluded to earlier about when he came out, he always used to do something flash with the ball, you know, on the way out. So uh, um, throw it up and juggle it and, and, and what have you, just to show the opposition what, what they're up against, you know. And I think that that, that kind of thing that and that was. That story was as the as the Hearts team were coming out, and he kind of like, he just without looking, he just sort of flicked flicked the ball with the back of his heel and, you know, from the halfway line. <laughs> I mean, and uh, Craig Craig Brown also told tells another good story about he said when he was a kid, uh, <coughs> he, he had sort of pretensions of being a footballer, and his dad said that if you want to be a footballer, you've got to come and see Dave McKay, and he mm. they, he took him to Tyne Castle. Um, no, it wasn't Tynecastle. Sorry, I can't remember where it was now. It was uh, it's over in the west of Scotland, not in the east, and uh, it was near near Philly, where the where the Brown family lived. And he he um, he Dave McKay <coughs> used to, oh, used to be able to you know yeah it was you know the like the Rory Delap from I don't know if you remember him South one of the yeah a real long long throw. And um, Craig Brown, and Craig, Craig Brown was sort of told by his dad, "Look, I'm I'm taking you to see to see Hearts, not because it's Hearts, but to see to see Dave McKay. If you want to see a footballer, if you want to be a footballer, watch this guy." And uh, and then uh, yeah, so Craig Brown was getting so excited that when when Dave McKay was taking one of his long throws, he kind of he rushed down to the front just to touch. Dave Mackay's shirt as he was taking, <laughs> taking the taking the throw in, you know, and he's, he's his, I think he's his favourite player, um, uh, you know. So, so a lot of these guys have, have, have kind of you know grew up with these with 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 Dave Mackay, and um, you know these are guys you respect in football, you know. I mean, Craig Brown, you can't get a more respected person about Scottish football. I mean. Uh, and he's saying these things about Dave McCarthy. I mean, it's it's not just me, you know. This is this is what I was trying to get over in the book, really. That 
it's not just me who thinks he's, he, he walks on water. You know, it's like it's people like Ferguson, like like mm. Craig Brown, like all his Spurs friend mates who were like superstars in their own right. I mean, these these were people. I mean, I didn't I didn't have to kind of cajole them into saying these things. You know, they just mm. want they were desperate to talk to him. You know, I, I, you know, I couldn't I couldn't shut them up about him. You know, because he, he was kind of that rated. Yeah, um, Ian's got a question here. How many Scotland caps did he uh, uh, win? He won. He won twenty-two, which was absolute disgrace, really. <laughs> um, I mean, it was it was the times when he first got into the Scotland setup. It was kind of run by selectors, you know, rather than managers. Managers didn't pick mm. pick pick the team or pick the squads. So, um, and then uh, I think he got blamed. I think Scott. It was England, Scotland, and I think Scotland lost, and he got Mackay got the blame for it, uh, for whatever reason, and uh, he wasn't selected again for ages, and I think it was this. I think Dennis Law said to me, uh, you know, and and I think Ferguson would agree that it was the Anglo, the the bias on the Anglo's, you know, the Anglo Scots who came south of the border i.e. deserting their home country to find fame and fortune in England. And 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 they tended to, you know, not get totally ignored, but they, they were kind of like, you know, uh, they'd rather have sort of people who stuck stayed in Scotland and played for played in Scotland. And uh, and that and that worked against it and that's what limited uh, his appearances. also of course there was less there were less internationals, you know, there was a lot of friendlies and then you had the World Cup every four years, um, but he, I mean, Mackay got to one World Cup, um, and uh, but it's it's uh, it was it's the way it was, you know. I think that it's it's a shame. You know, twenty two. I mean, when you think nowadays, when I mean, you know, people, very average players get get fifty, sixty caps, hmm. you know, and you you know, and it's absolute travesty, really. Um, somebody of his caliber uh, to get twenty two yeah. caps. Um, it's, yeah, but there you are. That was the way it was. It was a mixture of, uh, of things. You say the selectors, in fact, it was a selectors system, and, he, and then he went out of favour because of that. Um, because you know, so it all, um, in the end, uh, didn't reflect. I mean, really, you should have had 200 caps, not or 222 caps, you know, not 22 caps, yeah, yeah. Similar to like Gary, Gary Mabbott hardly got any caps for England and he was a superb defender. But um, one of the things compared to, to today that I found incredible was uh, he broke his leg, came back, broke his leg again, came back. Whereas now you get players who, you know, run past playing and fall down and then get stretched off. Um, that isn't new. And, and obviously you, you've mentioned the diving there. We have to say Harry Kane's done that in the past. So is Deli Ali, so is Gareth Bale. So we have to say... Our players have done it as well as the Ronaldo's, the Hazards, the Fernandes, the Salas, and, and, and what have you. Uh, but it seems like every day, every club now has a player who has dived or does dive. Uh, I mean, did Dave have a comment about that? Uh, you know, what is wrong with these wimps? Uh, because it's been going on for a long while. Or, or if he didn't, what, what do you think he'd make of these uh, play-acting things now, whereas he only went down when someone's kicked his uh, already just recovered broken ankle well yeah i mean this well this i mean it was before i answer that question it, it, it reminded me of a, of a story about you know he he wouldn't i mean 
you know, they, Cliff Jones told me that, that, that you know if Dave Mackay was down and injured, you knew, you know, he mm. was injured. You knew it. And there was one one game against in the European Cup against Feyenoord in, at White Hart Lane, and um, uh, Dave Mackay went up for a header with a, a defender cracked heads uh, and um, it was on the ground and Cliff Jones looked at him and there was blood seeping from his, his ear uh, from Dave McCarthy's ear uh, he fractured his skull um, <laughs> and um, anyway he went off to get a bit of treatment and then Cliff Jones thought oh well, that's the end of Dave McCarthy for the evening and then about I don't know, 10 minutes later or something, there's a roar from the crowd. And like Cliff Jones looks over to the sidelines where they're bringing the players on. And there's Dave Mackay. He's ready to come <laughs> on. And he's kind of, you know, he's, you know, it wasn't diagnosed at the time and it was a hairline fracture. But, but you know, and then and they kind of, and I think in the dressing room afterwards, he, Dave Mackay collapsed and was taken to a hospital and stuff. But oh, it was this, you know, you, you you cannot. I mean, well, it wouldn't be allowed these days because of health and safety. But can you imagine a player these days, um, you know, doing that uh, or get, having no. the chance? If they had the opportunity, would they do that? You know, because no. it, it wasn't a huge amount of time ago that you had Paul Ince doing it in Vome and Terry Butcher uh, in I don't know ninety or eighty nine or whatever. But yeah, these days. Not at all, and, and with with, the, with the, the concussions and fractures, uh, quite rightly, I think they're not allowed to uh, because of health and safety. But yeah, the, uh, it's, it's just where you see like a player rolling around because someone's just clipped, <laughs> and he carried on playing with two after two broken ankles, and then like you say with a hairline fracture and carried on. It's just a different, uh, it's a mentality, a completely different mentality, and a, a just yeah. It's alien to, I mean, to, to kids watching football now. It's embarrassing, you know. Um, sometimes, you know, the, and you know, you know, there's a, you know, there's a moral, there's a moral argument as well, isn't there? You know that, you know, when, I mean, uh, it sounds a bit pompous to say this, but I was always taught to play by the rules. You know, play, uh, do do what you can within the rules. You know, not 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 try and deceive people. You know, and I think I don't know if managers do it. You know. But but you, you you know play you know as soon as they get a whiff of a like if somebody's touched their leg they're down you know and you know and and they'll say well we had, yeah. I had to do it so, because then otherwise the referee wouldn't have seen it but but these days yeah. with VAR and, and everything and all the cameras uh, you know it's just embarrassing you know absolutely embarrassing where they just just fall down I mean I can't I can't think of anything worse in a game really you know than that um, you know you get all right, you'll get over top, the top tackles or what they call, you know, out, out of control tackles, and they're not good. And uh, but uh, I don't think I don't think a lot of them are, are, are meant to kind of break somebody's leg. Yeah. You know, they're, they're just some, some clumsy defender or some clumsy striker who can't tackle properly. You know, I don't think there's there's a ma ma too much malice. Uh, not I'm not saying, you know, you you'll get the keen. What's that Keen Harlan situation? I don't yeah, know. yeah. I don't, that was a bit, bit spicy. But, but I think uh, modern day, you know, I don't think there's that much malice in these. It's just it's I guess, as we said earlier, it's the lack of physicality. You know, it's kind of like it's almost making it a non trying to make it a non-contact mm. sport. I can't argue against it because it's like it's kind of 
uh, it's safer. It makes the game safer. Um, mm. But as a spectacle, you know, particularly in England, England, the English fans have been brought up on this, you know, this physical side of the game. And, and they want the technical side, which they've now got, but uh, that's at the expense of the physical side. Uh, yeah, it's kind of, you can go both ways on the argument, really, um, what's best. Um, you know, I mean, you know, what gets a, you know, what gets a crowd up sometimes? You know, somebody makes a big tackle. I know that uh, Alan Mullery, when, you know, we were talking earlier about his um, his lack of popularity amongst Spurs supporters at the beginning. Uh, but he, that sort of famous story, he he, um, he said about, he said that, I think it was Bert Murray, uh, he was a winger for Chelsea, and uh, Mullery came, came, he was told, somebody advised him to, to get get stuck, and so he, he, stuck, he, he did a big sliding tackle on Bert Murray and knocked, knocked him into the, into the stand, I think, and uh, <laughs> and like the crowd loved it. The crowd loved it. They called him. The, they said somebody shouted out, "Go on the tank" or something like that, and 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 everything changed for him. So that got everybody. You know, people loved that 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 physicality. You know, that's mm. uh, you know they love they love a goal, but they also love that you know big tackle or you know that kind of that physical element to the game. Yeah, absolutely, and. Uh... Yeah, we've got a comment from Ian over regarding the Scottish caps. If you look at the a lot of the great Scottish players, including the great Celtic team of the 60s, 70s, under Steen, they didn't win many caps either. A lot of sectarianism in those selections. Uh, that's something I have no idea about. But uh, if you're just joining us, uh, thanks uh, for watching and thanks for your comments uh, coming in. Make sure you hit the like, make sure you hit the subscribe. Uh, we've got Mike Donovan here who's written a book, uh, Football's Braveheart, Dave Mackay. So we've been talking about that and we're carrying on talking about that. Uh, anyone who wants to buy the book, here's a link, uh, www.pitchpublishing.co.uk slash shop slash football's braveheart. I uh, highly encourage you to go and get a copy of the book. Uh, let, let's talk about uh, uh, the big partnership at Spurs that you mentioned, McKay, Blanche, Flower, White. Uh, unfortunately, White passed away. It was in, a, a, I think you mentioned, a terrible seven months, may have even been longer for Spurs. But uh, how did that affect, uh, in particular, Dave Mackay uh, and the team, obviously? And uh, who, who came in as White's replacement there? And obviously, it probably wasn't as great a partnership as those three. Uh, I, I saw you mentioned in the uh, book it, it, it was better than uh, the Liverpool partnership of, uh, of Van Dyke and whoever plays with those two at the time, Matip and Alisson. Uh, so yeah, talk about uh, uh, talk a little bit about those three in particular. Well, those three were the the fulcrum. They were the fulcrum of the of the um, band. I was going to say. <laughs> fulcrum of the uh, the team. I mean, uh, um, you know, every every Spurs player I've spoken to says that. Um, uh, it's kind of Mackay was was the main one, but then. Um, it, the, the partnership between him and uh, Blanche Flower was 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 key uh, because they're both wing halves and and, and Blanche Flower was kind of uh, quite adventurous and 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 wasn't that keen on on coming back. Um, so like Mackay used to sort of cover for Mackay, for for Blanche Flower. And, I mean, and they just they just I think what it was they had a kind of a, a, an understanding. It was like a little triangle, you know, with 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 uh, John White. Um, that they kind of had an understanding. John White was the master of kind of picking up 
uh, get, get him finding space. And uh, he and, and they called him the ghost of White Elaine. I think it was Dave McKay who gave him that nickname. But it was like you didn't see him, and then suddenly he'd pop up in space, get the ball, and then he was like he would set the, set the attack in motion. And um, uh, and the the three of them really were the, you know there there are lots of players around them, and uh, I suppose you could could ju include Cliff Jones as a, as a as part of the fulcrum. But it was those those three were fundamental because Mackay would would pick up the ball or get win the ball. I mean, he he once described his job, job as a wing half as just 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 getting the ball, um, but obviously <laughs> he was a lot more than that because he, he used to get the ball and 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 a pro, you know prompt prompt attacks, you know, come back and defend, make the tackle, score goals. I mean, he did. I mean, he could do everything. I mean, he. He used to, I mean, his ball skills were absolutely phenomenal. I mean, off the off the field, he used to have this trick where, uh, with a coin, where he used to flick a coin up in the air, put it on his forehead and slip it down into his <laughs> pocket and juggle it and flick it onto his heel. And he did all that kind of stuff, you know. And he was, I mean, his ball skills were kind of, uh, well, his, his skill is eye high for the ball. So he kind of, he, he was a... Um, he was kind of uh, he had it all. I mean, he had it all really. Um, a lot of it, and that was. But it was going to say it was those three, and then as you met, as you alluded to there, that that like those three, you know, they, uh, poor, poor tragic John White. I've uh, been quite friendly with his his, his son Rob, who was who was helpful with the book, uh, and he got he got struck by lightning on a golf course. I mean, tragic, um, tragic thing in '64. And then, and then, and then, Blanche Flowers' knee gave way after the European Cupman's Cup. I mean, that's another story. The Cup, European Cupman's Cup win. Uh, and then, um, uh, and, then, and then, Blanche Flowers kind of like this kind of cerebral, you know, witty, intelligent figure who who's kind of like he was kind of probably has been rated the best Spurs player ever. But it depends on what polls you read. I mean. Uh, Jimmy Greaves topped another one, but but it, it's um, those three, and then and then for, for them for all three of them to go within about a year, you know, you know, like Dave Mackay got broke his leg, um, yeah, tackle from uh, Noel Campwell, uh, Manchester United at, at Old Trafford in the European Cup and Cup, um, and I've seen a, a video replay of it and. Um, well, I don't really want to comment because obviously Noel has um, passed on now, but um, it didn't look the best of challenges. Mm. Let's put it that way. Um, and um, and then he kind of and it, well, he said he. This is we're going back to kind of this kind of uh, what we we're talking about earlier about people diving and then Dave Dave McKay. You know, I mean, it, I mean, it, take, it took a two broken legs and a fractured skull to stop Dave McKay. I mean, you know, <laughs> it's just. You know, I mean, now it takes a, a sneeze near a player to stop them. Yeah, I mean, I can't overstate it really. You know, and it—I mean, I'm saying like a broken record, really. But he was—he was kind of such a kind of force of nature. You know, I mean, if he was in the Spurs team, well, if he was in any team now, he would—he would lift that team up like he lifted Billy Brenner's shirt collar. You know, that that, that day. I mean, he <laughs> would—he would—he would get them up and at it. You know, you didn't, you didn't, you wouldn't want to let him down. 
You know, if you mm. let him down, you know, you didn't know what you're in store for. Mm. It was, um, he, he was actually a phenomenal player. Um, as, I, as you probably gathered. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've got a question from Brad Matthews here. How are you doing, Brad? Uh, this is uh, regarding Mackay to Derby, who was after uh, who we went to after Spurs. As a kid, just getting into Spurs, so disappointed, especially when Derby beat us five 0 Remember the picture in the paper of Mackay and Derby top celebrating. So, uh, what, why was it that we sold uh, Mackay to Derby? Well, Bill Nicholson had made the decision that um, that Mackay had peaked, um, that he was, you know, he was finished as a, a top flight player uh, and um and and Mackay sort of all sort of a sort of reluctantly agreed because he i think he'd lost a bit of form um and uh, and he was getting on a bit i suppose and uh, he thought well maybe he's got a point and uh, at that time i think that um Mackay was harboring thoughts of well maybe i can become assistant to bill or something you know um something along those lines and uh, he did he wasn't going but he didn't want to upset the apple cart because eddie bailey was uh, bill's assistant at that time and he wanted um and so that was that never came to fruition but then uh out of the blue or a lightning bolt from the blue came uh that quiet quiet derby manager uh, brian clough um <laughs> yeah. I mean, let's talk well, let's talk about him because in the book I couldn't believe this. Uh, Brian Clough is obviously we've all seen clips of Brian Clough and uh, just a massive character, massive character. But he was really nervous to meet him. I mean that obviously shows the stature of Dave Mackay. But to I mean <laughs> to shut Brian Clough up, you have to be one hell of a character. But to me, yeah. to be nervous to meet him, uh, yeah, I I couldn't believe that if I'm being honest with you. Of, of what I've seen from Brian Clough, anyway. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, he, he I mean, David had this effect of galvanising teams, you know. I mean, with with Hearts, I mean, Hearts hadn't won anything for about fifty odd years, and mm. then Mackay came on the scene and they won everything in sight, almost, you know. <laughs> and then it was the same thing with Spurs. Spurs were going on the verge of being relegated. Two years later, they they won the. Uh, they won the double, and they, then the year after that, they won a cup, and then after that, they won the European Cup as cup. Yeah, I mean, it just right. And then, and then he went to Derby, and the Derby at that time had no real history of winning much at all. You know, I think they won the FA Cup in '46 or something, and uh, got got promoted from the third division or something in mid '50s. Or, but their the, the, the history wasn't glistering anyway, and um, and Clough at that stage, you got to remember that. That Clough hadn't done anything at that stage as a manager. I mean, he would, he'd, he'd started out at Hartlepool after he got his leg broken as a player, which finished him, and um, and then he became manager of uh, Hartlepool uh, and uh, did okay. And then he got linked up with Peter Taylor, I think, and uh, and then this chance to go to manage Derby came along, and 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 it was okay. They did, they had a reasonable, you know, I don't know, they didn't do much, they didn't pull up any trees anyway, and. Uh, then um, Peter Taylor said to um, to uh, Brian Clough, "Why don't you go for Dave Mackay?" And like to, now to, to to Brian Clough, Dave Mackay was kind of like like you know like like I think Brian Clough thought the same as as Fergie did. You know that that <laughs> he thought he was like untouchable. I can't, what, you know, you know, 
mid mid to lower league team in the second division, you know, getting Dave Mackay, you know, come, you know no, absolutely no chance. And uh, anyway, so, uh, so well, you know, uh, and uh, and uh, funny enough, uh, Taylor did admit to Clough afterwards. He, he said he didn't think he had any chance. You know, but but Clough being Clough, as we all know, got a bit a lot of bravado about him, but a lot of front. Mm. Um, just uh, just drove down to uh, from Derby to uh, to Tottenham to the Spurs training ground um, on the off chance uh, that he might get Dave Mackay to sign for Derby and uh, and he saw Bill Nicholson uh, and Bill Bill uh, said well, I think you haven't got any chance because Dave was all set to go back to to, to Hearts as player manager you know that's all it's all like being done tomorrow I think it was. And um, anyway, Clough, Clough said, "Well, you know, wasn't was determined not." To, and anyway, Bill went away, and uh, he just Clough waited for uh, Mackay to finish training. Um, sat there on his own, <laughs> sitting there, and uh, and then uh, Dave Dave Mackay because was wasn't at all interested at first, and then sort of Clough persisted, and so. Mackay agreed to have a chat with him. Yeah, I think it was in the, like the restaurant or something, in the players' restaurant. And uh, and like Clough was evangelical about Derby. You know, he was saying, "Yeah, we're going to win the league. We're going to win all these." And like, to, and it and in Mackay's first reaction, I guess, was this guy's a bit deluded. You know, I mean, we were Derby. <laughs> you know? And um, but this, yeah. But he was so convinced. You know, he was so he was so kind of, as I said, evangelical about um, Derby, and then um, and then he made him. Let's see. Then he made him an, an offer. Anyway, basically the money, I can't remember the figures of the money, but, but what was offered, and and that, and that was sort of it interested Mackay, and um, and then he phoned up his wife, said, "Oh, you know, what do you know about this Mackay?" Um, sorry, uh, sorry, beg your pardon. Let's go back. To, uh, I missed a bit of the story out actually. Um, McCoy, uh, Clafford, before he came down to uh, to White Hart Lane, he'd been phoning, um, he'd been phoning uh, Clough, uh, Mackay's home number, spoke to uh, <laughs> Isabel, uh, Mackay's uh, wife, uh, and this said uh, oh can i speak to dave please and isabel said oh, i'm afraid he's uh he's not here he's, he's away he's away at hearts uh talking to hearts because they, they that was when they were talking about uh making him player manager and um he said uh uh can i have your name please he said oh no i'm not going to give you that so McCoy, so so clough wouldn't give give uh isabel <laughs> and so he said well Basically, Isabel thought, well, you know, if you're not going to give me your name, I'm not going to pass a message on to Dave that you've rung. So, so that was it. So, uh, so the Dave was up in Scotland. Had no idea Clough was been trying to get hold of him, you know. And uh, anyway, so then and that's when it prompted Clough to just take, you know, take the chance and come down to, down to London. And uh, he, as I say, he he got his man, you know. And uh, and what what that did. Like it did for Hearts and Spurs, it absolutely galvanised the club. I mean, it absolutely, you know, Derby, as I said to you, uh, a nowheresville club hadn't done much. Uh, Clough come in, nobody knew who he was. They knew him as a player, but 
but not as a manager. And uh, and there he was uh, uh, getting got Dave Mackay in the team. And Dave Mackay, I mean, and, and Clough has sort of gone on record as saying this that he said that he's the best, he's best ever signing. Now this is from a manager who won two European Cups, won whatever else, you know, did you know, and is and then still talked about today, you know, uh, and. Uh, and he said that Mackay was his best ever signing. And, uh, mm -hmm. and and it's true. I mean, his legs might have gone, this is Mackay, but his brain was still intact and his positional sense. So he was there. I mean, Clough had a lot of young, good young players, um, but they needed a leader and um, somebody to, to point them in the right direction, you know. So Mackay was just there, you know, telling Roy McFarlane, I'll go here, you know, or whoever it was, you know, go there and uh, and 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 that turned it around. And then at the end of that season, Mackay, who was like thought thought he might be finished, and Bill Nicholson thought he was he was finished more or less, uh, was picking up the Football of the Year trophy, you know, mm -hmm. um, with Tony Book, you know. So it, I mean, it, I know it, you know, it's kind of. It's just as I said to you, it's impossible to overstate this guy. This guy, everywhere he went, you know, it's in terms, you know, he kind of like he galvanized the team and turned them into, you know, um, you know, he got them promoted in that first the season he was there, uh, as the first season he was there. And then a couple of years later, they, they were winning the title. And then he came back as manager and won, that's another story, and, and won the. Won the title, so they've only won the title twice in the Premier League title, and both times Dave Mackay's been mm. in, uh, intrinsic, you know, influence on that. Yeah, we, you talk about manager there. It's quite odd, I think, for a top, top, top player to be a top, top, top manager. Obviously, Guardiola is uh, one of the exceptions to that rule. But if you look at Roy Keane, for example, he set such high standards as a player when he had the world class players with him. But yet, when he goes to someone like an Ipswich or a Sunderland, you, you you can't really demand all of that from from them because they're not world class players. But obviously, Mackay, world class player, and then he won the league with Derby as well. But I mean, what can you tell us about what he learned, in particular from Bill Nicholson and Clough and and Ferguson? I'm assuming he was a manager before Ferguson went stratospheric as a manager. But there must have been some elements that he learned from Ferguson as well. So what what can you tell us that he learned from those three? Uh, that, that stood at him in good stead for for a, a career in management after his playing career was finished. Yeah, well, well, as far as Bill Nichols is concerned, I mean, he was a well. Let's start with Tommy Walker uh, at Hearts, who uh, who kind of basically nurtured him as a. I mean, he was very young when he went into the Hearts first team, and uh, and it was just Tommy Walker basically was had the plan to um, build his team around this youngster. You know, he was waiting for, for him to mature enough so he could put him in the first team. And then then he became captain. And this is another thing. He became captain of all his teams. And that, <laughs> and that, and that kind of... Uh, uh, and it was, a, and it was a playing the brand of football. I mean, it's the, the influence about Bill Nicholson is the, the brand of football that he wanted to play. I mean, but although uh, he was a seemed to be on the surface is Bill Nicholson, a, a dour Yorkshireman. He was um, absolutely a romantic about the game. And um, I mean, he was 
if, if you know, but Bill Nicholson was part of the Spurs push and run team, which won back to back titles at, in the start of the 50s. Uh, and they and uh, a lot of his a lot of his tactics were based on that team. I mean, they used, that team used to play it's called push and run. So they played in triangles, really, up the field. So it was like one touch all the way up the field. Um, and there was that, but with the, but you know, Bill Nicholson had this mantra where the fans are the most important people at the club. Mm. They had to be entertained. It wasn't a a pragmatic necessarily a pragmatic kind of look. Look at and 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 uh, and 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 they entertained because the uh, the double team as well as the uh, this push and run influence also had uh, sk highly skilled individuals. You know who basically played for the team, you know, and they had a fantastic team spirit. And and I think that Mackay took all of that on board, you know. He wanted his, any team he managed to entertain. Uh, and, uh, you know, he would he'd far rather go forward, not quite as gung-ho as Ozzy Ardillas down back. But uh, he, liked, he liked his teams to go, go forward and entertain the crowd. And um, so that's... That's what he took from Bill Nicholson, and he hugely respected Bill. I mean, all his players. I mean, Bill Nicholson, you know, to my mind, doesn't get spoken about enough. You know, everybody talks about Fergie and nowadays Guardiola and Clough and everybody else. And really, Bill Nicholson was responsible for creating Spurs' greatest ever team, and he did it. And he and and he rebuilt it and made three. I mean, Fergie did well. He he kept. Uh, Recharging his teams, but but Bill did three times. He he re, he rebuilt the te his teams and uh, and mm -hmm. they won trophies. Um, so he got that from Bill. I mean, as as far as Clough's concerned, he just like he just like they got him really well. I mean, uh, I know uh, Isabel really liked Brian Clough. Um, they used to you know he was once he finally got his name. <laughs> lovely, lovely, you know, and, and he, he just liked his kind of like attitude. You know, I mean, Brian Clough, it was funny. The relationship they had was that, uh, I mean, Brian Clough, as you said, was in awe of Dave Mackay, even when he, even as a manager, he used to basically, Dave Mackay ran the dressing room. I mean, he, he, you know, it was a story, I can't remember who told it, but Clough used to pop his head around the end after a game. And, and, and ignore all the other players and say to Dave, Are you right for next Saturday, Dave? He goes, Yeah. And then out again. <laughs> you know, so it was kind of, uh, but he, he, he just liked him on, on a personal level, you know, uh, Brian Clough. And, uh, and, and uh, <coughs> uh, I mean, I, I don't think Ferguson was necessarily influenced, as you said, because uh, as a manager, because it, his heyday was after mm. after Dave Mackay's heyday, you know, so uh, he wouldn't have known him as, as a manager. But uh, certainly he grew to respect, I mean, who couldn't respect um, mm. Fergie? And, and the, fact, the mere fact that, that Fergie, given his stature in the game, you know, as we've already said, you know, the greatest manager of all time, um, really. Um, and the fact that he, he respected Dave Mackay as a player and as a human being. I mean, you know, they were friends. You know, they used to, as I said, the, the family used to go over there. They used to, you know. So he, these people, massive names in the game, Dennis Law. I mean, you 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 can 
you know, George Best, whoever you mention, really, will tell you, will, will tell you if they're still alive <laughs> or have told <laughs> when they were alive how, how, uh, how, what an influence he was. And I think that um, he took the best of, of a lot. Of, I mean, he should have done more in management, really. I mean, that was a one surprise, really, because he, um, I mean, he managed Derby to the to the title and then um and then uh, as far as the directors were concerned the, the the wheels had come off after about a year and 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 he was out and uh, he never he never really got back in as the big time in england uh really after that um as far as managers are concerned but that that's uh, english football's um they, they missed out you know and they uh, he went abroad and uh, became a pioneer manager over there so yeah i mean what a life you know <laughs> yeah, i mean just every everywhere he went he won everywhere he went everything he did he won uh it's kind of a almost a foreign concept with the uh <laughs> footballers of today uh you can maybe yeah i can't really think of anyone who you can uh kind of compare him to in that respect um but yeah yeah i mean in, in terms of the current team uh just talking about their season quickly uh how, how do you think they're doing at the moment obviously the nuno team <laughs> not very good now we've got a manager who who is an elite manager and there's no two ways about that and we've had a good run of games should have beaten southampton got watford next and a massive game in the carabao cup final which i'm convinced conte is looking at that as a realistic cup to win uh but yeah how, how do you think um our season will shape up well, I mean, I mean, for the first time in sixty years, I've been managed to become a season ticket holder, uh, <laughs> and so I've, I've watched most of the uh, most of the home games. I mean, uh, you know, Manchester City. You thought they beat they beat Manchester City in the first game. I thought, wow, this is good. <laughs> and then, of course, it, it, it tailed off drastically. Um, um, it was results wise uh, and performance wise, really. Um, but then they'd say they've got their mojo back a bit, particularly at home. Um, mm. We and and can't say it's definitely made a difference. I mean, I, I kind of I felt I felt for Nuno because he he seemed such a nice guy, you know, and um, mm, yeah, just a bit out of his right depth, guy. I thought. Yeah, he's such a nice guy and and you know honourable sort of chap, and uh, but he kind of. I used to see him there standing on the side with his arms folded, and you, know, <laughs> you need somebody there. Well, you know, you know, to kind of say, "Come on, lads, you know, let's get going." I don't know. You, as a fan, you like to see your manager involved, and of course, with Conte, I mean, you couldn't mm. be more involved. I mean, he's just, I mean, he's, he's almost on on lunacy sometimes. <laughs> I mean, but he, you know, but that's infectious, isn't it? You know, um, yeah, yeah. You can, you can be demure and cool and like you know, Mr. Cool. Um, I think Steve Gerald. You have, to, to, be you have to back it up with victories and results. So if you're not backing it up with victories, it's gonna well, unfortunately, like Nuno found out, gonna turn. Yeah, it's all it's a shame. It was a shame, but you know, as you've said too earlier, you know, people like Skip, you know, have really come on, you know. I mean it were, you know, I thought, well, he, I mean, he did pretty well at Norwich. And uh, when he first came in, I thought, hey, he's OK. But he's got better and better. And, I mean, uh, in the last game, uh, I saw a little bit of Liverpool. I mean, Winks had a good game. And, and it was so lovely to see Ali back mm. and uh, playing well. And I thought, 
you know, I mean, I don't know how much his confidence has been shot by everything that's kind of happened to him, you know, with under Mourinho and mm. uh, and and I thought this guy, you know, yeah, Ali, if we remember that goal against Crystal Palace, and remember other, mm. he's a quality player, you know, you don't. You know, class is permanent, isn't it? And um, I think he's a class player. I mean, he cl clearly, his confidence, it must be the confidence thing. Um, and yeah. uh, if you're being left out, uh, how can you prove <laughs> prove yourself? And it, yeah. I must say, I'm really, I was really pleased to see him back in the in the fold. Um, I, I also think with Ali, it could be, and this can kind of link into Mackay as well in the kind of chalk and cheese. Uh, Mackay was we have to win, we have to win, we have to win. Whereas Ali, I think, has got, uh, not seduced, maybe the wrong word, but like he's more interested in his uh, computer games and his sponsorship and, and his celebrity lifestyle rather than the football. Uh, which, yeah. whether Conte, like a Mackay, when he galvanised the whole the teams that he joined, could, could have that effect on him, I'm not sure. But I think uh, it's a complete... Uh, a turnaround in, in what football used to be in Mackay's era to what it is now. Where it's you, you, I mean, you, you were a celebrity in Mackay's era, but you, you weren't by any stretch. Uh, well, when I finished, I don't need to work a day in my life again. Whereas now, players can retire after two years and, and, and then never have to work a day in their life again. So, I think a lot of players now are doing it for, for the celebrity and the, the, the security. Whereas in Mackay's day, it was all about winning because. It wasn't a guarantee on on life security, um, but yeah. So hopefully Conte can get the best out of Ali again. But uh, it's just a, a kind of chalk and cheese on on what football used to be to what it is now, and how the money has suddenly gone slightly up to booming up now, and and just it's a bit of a sad state of affairs. But yeah, well, I mean, it is you know that's 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 progress. That's kind of a way. But but I mean, as say in Mackay's day, you're quite right. I mean, it it was. You know, it was the the maximum wage was in in twenty quid a week. You know, can you imagine Ronaldo selling for twenty quid a week? <laughs> kind of, you know, it was just some. And then then uh, the barrier broke down. And but even at the end of the career, I think Andy Greaves <coughs> was about a hundred quid a week at the end of his career. I mean, what would he be worth now? I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's it's pointless just to even kind of speculate. But it is a kind of astonishing. Uh, change of change of lifestyle you know as you said people have to find other work to do they have to uh to, to, to get jobs you know they, they can't survive they couldn't they've got they got more more than the average wage but not not mm. uh wait not anything that's going to uh allow them to sit back on, on the beach for the rest of their lives it, yeah. it's kind of uh it was a tough it was a tough thing and and, and also you're going from like being lauded every week by the fans, you know, and age 30 or whatever it is, then suddenly you've got none of that. So you've got to mm. adapt to that, that kind of thing, you know. I guess, you know, nowadays players do play a bit longer. They've still got that problem, I guess, a little bit later in life, but at least they, they don't have to think about it. And, uh, you know, it's kind of... I, I wouldn't say, Ali... I think, you know, these players, they've got to be professional... And, you know, and I think a lot of it's media driven, you know, with social media, you know, uh, is, is can be a good thing. But generally speaking, I think, you know, I'd, I'd rather people weren't involved in it and just 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 uh, focused on 
focused on the on the job in hand you know um it, it seems like a distraction but you know i mean it, you've got to have your downtime as well and you know if ali wants to go do computer games i mean i know i think harry kane's a big gamer you know so you know you've got to have that kind of side to it um uh you've got yeah so you've got to have a balance you can't it can't be all football football but it's mm. it's kind of a different world isn't it it's a completely different world where yeah. you're getting thousand pounds a week for kicking the ball whereas before <laughs> you just 20 quid and um so it kind of gives you different values in life you know does it does it think that these stars are there being pampered i mean a lot of people think that they are and and they probably are but without them we wouldn't have a game so no. i think you know, as a, as a tra- you know if if you're a trade unionist you think well once they broke the maximum wage in 1961 i think um uh, it was uh it was the you know it opened up and it opened up a bit of fair play for the for the players really you know that, that they they were providing entertainment and and, and getting limited you know, there's only the bosman rule came in uh, even that even the contracts were a problem you know so now they've got complete freedom and um it's it's going you know uh, i think that i don't know you know you 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 harken back to the old days and and you know where you had to work for stuff and uh, you know people who came out of the war and and, and they got memories of the war and and they got and, and hardships and stuff and now it's it all looks all very easy um but i think uh you know there's a lot of good paid people in the game and there's a lot of mm. hard workers you know it's kind of you know, we don't know from at the outside. We don't know what goes on inside the training ground. You know, the press will maybe get their once a week press press conference and 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 uh, pick up a few tidbits. But no, nobody these days goes in. No, has a relationship uh, with with the players that that we had in our day. I mean, as a, I remember mm. as a fan, I used to be able to go to uh, collect autographs, get a. Go, they used to the players used to go to a local pub, the Bell and Hare, and have a drink. You know, Jimmy Grease would be sitting there at the bar with Dave Mackay, um, and they used to have this game about um, betting. Because Dave Mackay, because he had this aura about him, everybody used to thought, think he was really tall, and they and they, they used to bet. They used to have bet with fans saying, oh, "Who do you think is the tallest out of us two? And they always thought Dave Mackay was the tallest, but he wasn't. <laughs> Jimmy Grease. But anyway, but I. But the, as far as the, uh, yeah, the, the, we used to have access to the fan, you know. So we used to get, they used to all sign their autographs, and you also they used to attend functions, and and there was a kind of community spirit, you know. They appreciate the community, and and then that, and a lot of that has gone in football, you know, yeah. where you get, get driving out in their four by fours, you know, and avoiding all the fans and not having any any contact with the fans. Um, it's a, it's a different world. But you know you don't know, and and if if you know, you know, you can you only you pick up bits and pieces in the media, and oh he's done this, he's done that, or oh, I won't do that. You know, it's you don't know. I mean, I think Ali, I think he's, Ali seems a good good bloke, really. Um, but I don't know, I don't know him. You know, I don't know, mm. I don't know him because I don't get the chance to know him. Um, anyway, I've, I've I've probably waffled on too long about that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, in terms of the current crop, Truth82 says, uh, hopeful that Conte can deliver one of the cups with possibly a top four finish, and that's before we do any business in January. Um, yeah, I'm of the same opinion there, Truth82. Um, 
But yeah, I, th I think we pretty much reached the end there. I don't want to give too much away on the book because there'll be nothing for people to read. But um, it's, been, it's been great having you on, Mike. Uh, thanks so much for coming on and sharing stories about Dave McKay, Ryan Clough, Ferguson, Craig Brown, and, and talking about the book. Uh, it's been great having you on. Thanks so much. That's all right. It's been a pleasure. I've really enjoyed it, Chris. And uh, Excellent. You know, sort of, uh, I'll, I'll be tuning in regularly from now on. Excellent. Make sure you hit the like and make sure you hit the subscribe and that goes for everybody as well. Uh, just before we go, uh, if you haven't already uh, seen or, or got the book, this is the book we're talking about today, Mike's book, uh, Dave Mackay, Football's Braveheart. Uh, and this is where you can buy it. Uh, the website is www.pitchpublishing.co.uk slash shop slash footballs dash Braveheart. Uh, so I highly recommend you getting a copy out of that. Um, Ian, uh, very interesting. Thanks so much, Ian, for all your comments and everyone else who put comments in. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, and Yeah, make sure you go get the book. Um, and yeah, uh, we'll be back. I don't know when I'll be back. I think it's the second. We're playing Watford on the first. So I think we'll be back on the second. Uh, probably about half 12. Uh, and then after that, we'll be back to the normal uh, 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 kind of routine of uh, 8 p.m. on, on uh, Mondays and 12.30 p.m. on uh, Mondays. On Chris, on Fridays, yeah, I've got that completely wrong. Chris, can I just say yeah. something quickly? Yeah. Um, I wanted to say that the book's on sale at the Spurs shop at the ground, so ah. if anybody wants to pick up a copy. Excellent, yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah. So that pitch publishing website and the Spurs shop, uh, if you want to get it there as well, if you want to get it uh, without it having to be delivered to you. Uh, Truth82, Happy New Year to you as well, buddy. And... Uh, yeah, so like I say, we'll be back uh, on on the second uh, for the Watford review. Hopefully, we can get a win there, get back to winning ways before this massive cup game against Chelsea, and then after that, we'll be back to normal, uh, resuming normal time, twelve thirty on Fridays, uh, eight pm on Mondays. Um, but yeah, like I say, it's been great having you on, Mike. Thanks so much. Uh, good luck with the book and everything, and hope you enjoy the rest of the season. And until next time. All that's left to say is, come on, you Spurs. <laughs> Thank you so much for watching. For everybody who participated in the live chat and added comments, before you go, please make sure you hit that like and subscribe button. Anybody who couldn't watch the live video, you can still catch us on YouTube. Add any comments, suggestions or questions to the comments section on the video. Anybody who's listened to the audio-only podcast, thank you so much for listening. Anybody who wants the audio-only podcast, you get this wherever you get your podcast from. Alternatively, if you go to Twitter, at LTalkTottenham, you'll find all the information there. We'll be back soon. We're live Mondays, 8pm, Fridays, half 12, UK time. Until then, come on, you Spurs! <laughs>